Hello, welcome to, I think we're calling this the pilot episode of Terrace Talk. Uh, this is going to be a weekly fan show sort of thing where we speak to some Norwich City fans about all things that are going on at Norwich City, Cow Road, uh, all things yellow and green, I think we should perhaps describe it. Uh, I'm joined by Ian Clark. Ian, hello. Hello there. Pleasure to be here. Have you completed your sticker book yet? That's I need two more. Nine. I need two more. I need um, the Right Honourable Daniel Farker and I need one of my favourite strikers, John Dixie Dean, and then all 230 will be safely enclosed in the book. It's not taking you long, has it? It's not taking me long, no. I haven't nipped a lot of vouchers. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Hannon, hello. Hey, Connie, you well? I'm good, are you? Yeah, it's bad. How's your sticker collecting going? Uh, I'm a little bit behind here, but I've been giving him first refusal on every pack I open, so he's kind of rushed ahead. Uh, I, I reckon I've probably got about 30, 40 left to go. I haven't actually been through and counted, but there's certainly more stickers than spaces. Come on, Dave, come on. <laughs> no, it'll be a glorious The day. negotiations between you two have been pretty intense. They have, they have, yeah, yeah we've, done, we've got very little work going on the last two weeks. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> it's been a pretty informal an arrangement, though, kind of. It's not so much very, we haven't done too much, but I've got, got, got to need. It's just kind of like, well, here's my part, take what you need. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't worked out an exchange rate yet. That's the best way you have to work out, particularly given that he needs two more, and if you get those, they can be like gold. I have, been, I have been pledged them, but the lad who's pledged them to me hasn't actually dropped them off on the house yet, right. so they are still actually needed. Well, well, hopefully this time next week you'll be showing a, a full book. Um, right, let's talk a bit about football then. Um, we're going to have to start, unfortunately, with that 5-1 defeat to Villa. Why? <laughs> That's the big question, isn't it? Um, Dave, what are your reflections from, from that game? How are you feeling sitting here almost two weeks afterwards? I think it was, I think it was a bit of a wake-up call to me, really, because obviously we've had so many injuries, and like any team in the league, you take out two goalkeepers, three centre-backs, two holding midfielders, and probably the mascot picking up injuries as well. It's kind of hard to kind of contest with. Um, but I think that was, you know, the boot up the backside, perhaps that we need to kind of say, right, well, we are in a, we're in a battle now. We are in a scrap and kind of wake up and smell the roses, it's not going to be easy, but perhaps that's what they need, you know, they're not going to underestimate anyone now, because Villa, one of the teams that you would probably expect to compete against, certainly wouldn't expect to be rolled over in the way that we were. Is that the most concern you've felt watching Norwich this season? Yeah, I wrote in my last column, actually, I've been, I've been worried twice this year, once was at half-time at Anfield, and that, that worry lasted for as long as it took for Pookie to score, and that's much during the second half, but this is probably the first genuine time I've felt concerned and I, I felt that game was a bit of a perfect storm as Dave said the injuries clearly were a big issue I thought we were a little bit complacent I actually think Weber had a good point saying that, that we were, the fans were quite quiet um, I think in some ways the worst thing we could have done was turn over Man City in the previous home game I think we'd gone along there thinking right we did them you know even though we weren't got injuries we'll, we'll be okay um, and I thought we'd look good I mean I've not been the greatest fan of all their spending and anything else but you know, on the day they clicked, we, we gave them too much time. We, you can probably carry one or two players who are not quite up to it, despite the injuries, but we probably had six or seven that just didn't really show up. So, um, but hopefully that one's buried away now and we can, we can get back and actually start doing what we know we can do. As you alluded to, it's perceptions, isn't it? Because had Norwich lost 5-1 to Manchester City and beaten Villa 3-2. Yeah, precisely. And I, I suppose that's the thing. Um, I think the, it could turn out. I wrote, I wrote in my column after the Man City game, it's very, very tongue-in-cheek and having a little bit of fun with it, why us beating Man City could be a bad thing. But, you know, it could also, I could probably easily, I'm not going to this week, that, that come, you'll see that fairly soon anyway, but um, I could quite easily have written reasons why losing 5-1 to Villa could be a good thing. Yeah. Because, you know, it was very much so far in the season, we kind of had the 
it almost felt like right home form we're we're solid at home home isn't what we need to worry about we just need to turn some of those defeats away from home into draws and into wins but that was kind of the reality check that we have to be at our guns at home as well even as us doing our own bit as well perhaps they should paint the dressing room pink again <laughs> maybe they should yeah um, it's interesting because I was sort of watching the Villa game and thinking I can't really dissect this too much because anything you took from a negative point of view has to be caveated with how many injuries there are at the moment doesn't yeah, it? Yeah absolutely and you know it, it's right if, 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 if the results have been the other way around with City I think generally as the season has panned out um, if you had said at the beginning we were going to get six points from eight games not great but probably not the worst start we could have had. I mean, if we'd, if we'd have won one and drawn three um, and lost lost to City, you know, you, you probably said we'd have won two or three more points. Yeah. But um, I don't know if you've seen that sort of the other 14 table that someone's plotting each week. And they've actually got Norwich on track at the moment. They should have had six points from, from those games. So I think I think it's all about whether your glass is half full or half empty or, or three quarters of either way. Um, but... I think I probably would have settled for nine points at this stage, so we're probably one win or three draws behind that. But you know, it's it's it, it could be worse, but clearly it could be a lot better. It's the all or nothing nature of this Norwich team. They seem to at the moment either seem to win or lose. Yeah, is it yeah. is it the problem that they're not finding that middle ground and perhaps turning them defeats into draws? I, I, I think that's exactly right. So you know, those those away games where you think right, let's let's grind out a draw, um, they've not been able to do that. And uh, yeah, so I think it's only us, Liverpool, and is it MK? Have, have not drawn this season. Um, Liverpool's for good reason. Why <laughs> everybody? Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I think it is that sort of you know win win or lose, go for it or not go for it. So uh, let, let's let's grind a draw out of Bournemouth. We'll be happy. Mm, it's it's interesting that idea of grinding out a draw, grinding out a, a one 0 win. As supporters, is that something very much that you view in the short term, but perhaps not in the long term? I'd never want to watch a Norwich team that sets out to do that because Chris Hewton set out Norwich City to try and win games 1-0 invariably didn't win games 1-0 and it was bloody awful to watch um, at the end of the day you know obviously we want Norwich to do well of course we want us to do well and we enjoy it more but it's entertainment to be honest it's like and that's that's kind of for me is is the number one priority I'd rather go uh, you know I want to watch football that I enjoy watching and I want to have fun when I go watch a football match. I don't want to be stressed out thinking if we lose the first goal, we're not going to win this because we only need to score one or two. I'd much rather try and win every game and, you know, invariably you are going to lose four, but I think if you do that, you're going to pick up more points than you don't. Mm. I'm, I'm grasping at straws a little bit here from that filler game, um, but it's, it's a positive that Norwich City didn't change their style, even at 4-0, 5-0 down. They were still trying to play out from the back, they were still trying to assert themselves and try <laughs> to score really, goals. Can't really say anything positive about that. I'm, 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 I'm desperately grasping at No, you're straws. grasping at straws. Yeah. I think I was a little bit worried about it. Because I, I think, I think Farkas and Weber made it very clear that they're not going to change the style and that the players we've got are the, are the ones we've got and that that's the way we're going to play. And, Playing out for the back is the way it is, and for me in that Villa game, it was Tim Krull missing that was yeah, the commanding the, the box. But the kind of a, a little spoiler alert to what I'm putting in my column this week: something about um, the fact that it took a long time for Daniel Farke to get the players he wanted to play the system and bed the system in. If suddenly they're going to decide that you know, okay, we need to start scrapping more, we need to start um, you know holding out for one nils and stuff and being more robust. Is that a philosophy that they can drum in straight away? Of course not. So there'd be a, there'd be a transition period there where we need time to 
get a new way of playing sort of in, and that's what time wasted. If we carry on playing how we are, and have some of the key players at the spine and the team back in the fold, I don't think we're going to be in trouble. Mm. I think I think it's adapting, isn't it? So, you know, it, it, particularly away from home, it is going to be that ability to play out from the black, play good football, but become tighter, particularly centre mid and centre defence. So you probably need a bit, of, you certainly need the beauty that we play, but you need a bit of the beast as well. And I think once we get tribal, Teti, Amadou, it, one of those, Any one of those, one of those in, in there, there with, with the playmaker, I, th- I think we'll look more solid and we will be able to, to grind. I, I use the word grind, I, I, didn't, I don't really mean grind, I, I mean Perfect. actually yeah. be professional. You know, Liverpool do it, don't they? They're able to scrap when they need to, but play fantastic football. So you, you need that all round game where you can, sometimes you go away and get a point, not deliberately, but you know you play well enough to get the point. Leitner and McLean, uh, 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 Gerard and Lampard, they're both. You know, I, I rate both of them as players, and they both bring something to the setup. But together, that doesn't work. It's they just aren't a pair together because it's balance, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And and perhaps I mean I, I've probably when I've watched that Norwich team probably put a big circle around the defensive midfield position and said, right, this is where Norwich really need to address. And I suppose with those characters, hopefully. Teddy and Tribal, fingers crossed, fit for this weekend will make a difference, particularly against the Bournemouth side who are going to come out and, and have a go. Yeah, precisely. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, let's touch upon that injury list then because it is so broad. Have you two ever, I mean, you're, we'll use the word experience, you've experienced I'm an old kid. Yeah. You're basically saying you're older than us. We should probably move our orders. We sit in age. <laughs> yeah, we are sitting in age, this I've never, I've never known anything like so, it. Absolutely not. I mean, you know, you think over the years there's been you might have three or four at the same time, but to have an entire team, um, you know, we, when we did it, didn't we, where we had, you know, the Norwich City crop 11, and that was a decent side. And so, and I think it's the fact that it's been right the way through the team. It's not, you know, you, 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 one of your strikers injured or, or one midfielder. It's, it's been that spine that's been missing. That's yeah, it's, I've never known anything like it. I don't know if I've, I can remember having two goalkeepers out injured, for an example, and that's only one position. And, you know, the fact that, even, you know, we look at the, the centre-back pairing at the minute, neither of them arrived at Carrow Road as defenders. So that kind of just says it all, really. You know, obviously Ben Godfrey has got the potential to go on to be a world-class centre-back now that he's kind of found that niche, but it's not what he learned. It's not what he's played his whole career. And it's the same with um, Ibrahim Mamadou. He, he doesn't play as a centre-back by trade. So it kind of just speaks volumes that we're having to play makeshift players in the positions that aren't necessarily theirs. And it isn't even a case of that we haven't got strength and depth. You know, you can name 25 senior players in your squad. That gives you two players for each position. If you get three injuries in one position, that's kind of bad luck. You sort of nothing else, is it? That's it, isn't it? Because it's, it's really difficult. Because how do you plan for, and as meticulous as Stuart Weber and Daniel Fucker, how do you plan for Christoph Zimmerman coming back from an injury and then within 20 minutes being out until the yeah. new year? If Tim Closer, I think the Crawley player slips, doesn't he, and takes him out and injures his knee. Um, and we could go on, but the fact they're not small, niggly injuries that's keeping them out for a game or two, these have been they are, they are long term ones, yeah. And when you think, uh, I don't want to mention the Villa game too many more times, but probably Cantwell and Godfrey and Lewis, if we'd have had a full squad, none of them probably would have played. They'd have been, they'd have been rested because they were carrying injuries or preparing for an operation. So, you know, it, it, even those that have been, have been fit, if you like, weren't actually fully matched fit. So it really has been. Mm. How much do you feel for Daniel Farker? Because they've worked so hard to get to the Premier League and now he's sort of having to operate with both his hands tied behind his back. 
Well, yeah, it's, you can't really say anything about, more about it, can you? Because it's, it is, you know, you can't have anything other than bad luck. Because I, I know people are arguing, okay, it's the intensity of the training. They've been training too hard or been practiced too enthusiastic. I don't think that's the case at all because I don't think the training regime's changed. I don't think Daniel Fark has said, you know, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he'll have turned to them and said, right, we're in the Premier League now, so I need you to train 23 hours out of 24 a day. And you can sleep for 15 minutes in the middle of the day if you also eat your beans or whatever like I don't think they're going to have changed anything because it's all the good work and intensity that got them where they are now uh, and it's just it, I can't get my head around it in the slightest but you can't really there's no real rhyme or reason to it I mean last year we had a fair share of injuries but it was in one here and one there and there was always someone to step in and someone always raised their game mm. whereas this season it's 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 like buses, isn't it? You wait five hours for one. We well, don't wait for an injury, but <laughs> it's like, you know, arriving in, you'd rather have them spread out across the season rather than all of them at once. Mm. Well, it's like these press conferences, you know, like, <laughs> we're obviously not there, but we, we sit in Folly yourself and, and, Dave, and Dave and Paddy, you almost like dare and look when the tweets start coming through about, you know, Daniel Farkas taking his sick to cold. Oh, no, here we go. Who's he going to say this? Call this hamstring sitting down. I, I, was, I, was watching, I was watching Pukki, you know, play really well for Finland and every, every time he sort of stretched for a, for a cross. No, don't, don't, don't. don't. You're rub, rubbing a rabbit's foot and you had a... But Horsham, he, looked, he, he looked great. So at least, at least, um, Timmy's staying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the good news is it looks like three, four, maybe five of those players are back in team training this week. Uh, Tim Cruel, Tribal, Teti, Hernandez. Um, I've missed someone else, but I think they've they've all been pitched this week. Francic, Francic, that's it. Um, which is which is great news. Let's look ahead to Bournemouth then. Um, hopefully Norwich will have some more options back. What are your thoughts going into this game, Ian? How, how, how well, do you view this? I, I, I think I think we need to uh, we need to play our way, but we do need to be more solid. Certainly earlier on, you know, Burnley we got done early on, didn't we? Because they they came at us. Villa, I felt they they saw playing out for the back, so they pressed very hard. So I think Bournemouth will do that. So we've, we've got to find a way of playing our way, but but being um, being solid and and being not uh, you know not naive um, and. Yeah, we've, we've, we've got to give it a go. I mean, we've, we've got to start getting points on the board. I think scoring goal, we've scored, what, one goal away from home all season. Yeah. Just that goal from Pukki, which seemed a long time ago, the beginning of August. Um, so, yeah, we've got to start scoring. If he, if he could pick up the form he got uh, for Finland and get, get that ball through to him, because both of those goals were exactly what he does. So, get, get on the attack and um, hopefully we'll give it a good go. As much as we think about Bournemouth as this slick attacking side, which they are in fairness, they, they do concede a lot of chances to, to opponents, they, they do at home specifically, so perhaps this is a game that could suit Norwich a, a bit more in terms of chance creation. Yeah, it, it should be. It's, well, to be honest, creating chances hasn't been a huge, huge matter, it's just you know, haven't, some haven't been going in, but I think with Bournemouth it's, it should be one of those games that you look at being the, being the best advert for the Premier League, it's like, you know, we're neither of us are teams that are fancy. But we're both going to be playing good football. We're both going to be kind of showing people that you know we're in the Premier League for a reason. It's I think it's going to be a sticky one, um, and it's turning into one of the oldest cliches in the book with Norwich City away from home in the Premier League. Going back to Alex Neal's days, going back to Chris Hewitt's. I think so much is hinged on the who gets the first goal. Yeah. I think if Bournemouth get it, it might be a bit of a worry. If Norwich get it, it could yeah. be a uh, could be a bit of a slobber knocker. Mm. Eddie Howe, someone who, like Daniel Farker, has gone into a club, will be over a longer period, perhaps adding stability, adding a clear philosophy, um, put, put the billionaire owner aside for one minute. There's, there's a lot 
from Bournemouth's identity and the way they've built that club to, to the way Norwich have done it. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, of course he's had some money, but you know, however much money you give, you've got to do the right things with it and fair play to him. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk about young managers, English managers, whatever, but um, you know, when he's in when he's in both of those categories, um, I think fantastic achievement. And you know, they haven't they haven't got big ground, they haven't got you know, obviously haven't got shed loads of fans there, but they they play good football and you know, while clearly we want Norwich to be better than anyone. Um, you know, if, if, if teams are going to be successful, for me, it's, it's teams that play the right way and have got a good ethos. So, you know, as long as they don't do it this weekend, good luck to Bournemouth. Yeah, Bournemouth are one of those teams I've always, well, since we went up together in the same year and kind of went on different paths since then, I've always slightly looked at them with a little bit of jealousy as kind of, you know, they became fashionable when they went up. I was like, oh, Bournemouth, this is exciting. A team who haven't been in the Premier League for a long time. But, you know, we all expected them to be the next Blackpool, didn't we? Go up, play a bit of exciting football, but ultimately dwindle away to obscurity again. But then that hasn't happened with them. Um, and they've kept their philosophies, you know. I, I think they're the fine example of what teams should do when they get promoted. Because, OK, they have taken the odd spanking, you know, against someone like Chelsea or Man City every now and then. But they've all, they do enough to stay in the league and they do enough to entertain their fans and that's all we can really ask for. That's a fantastic point in terms of Bournemouth generally. I think last season, I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they scored the most goals outside of the top six. Um, so they're showing that actually you can attack, also concede a lot of goals, but equally survive in the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's clearly what Parker's attitude is and, and that's what we want, isn't it? We want, you know what you said, Dave, is what we want to be entertained. We want to score goals and, and let's keep doing it. Feeling optimistic? I think uh, I think this is going to be our first draw of the season, but it's going to be it's going to be a good game um, and possibly two all. Any goals, hopefully. What about you? Well, my heart says we can we can get something, but I think my head's saying like I could. To be honest, I can see another two 0 away away defeat. <laughs> hopefully not. <laughs> no, you know, I'd like to see <laughs> the very least get on the short street. But it's one odd game. I think it's going to be either two 0 to Bournemouth or three all. Mm. Something nuts like that. But you know, I'm, I'm always happy to be proved wrong, and nine times out of ten, I am. So, well, now we've built it up as this big, um, expansive attacking game of football. It'll be nil-nil probably. Well, I'll take a nil-nil. You're probably right at the moment. Uh, Ian, Dave, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, that was the first episode of Terrace Talk. I've got to get that name right. I'm going to get a bit used to that. Um, if you've got any questions or topics for, for next week's show then, um, then put them in the comments down below and we'll be sure to read them and also make sure uh, you look out on the Pink and Socials this week uh, for your chance to come on and sit where these two guys are sitting which I'm, which I'm sure they'll agree has been a very enjoyable oh, it's experience. Been beautiful. Beautiful. There you Delightful. go. <laughs> we'll put those with stars underneath. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you leave a like, subscribe to the Pink and channel as well. Uh, hopefully Norwich City can put in a good performance at Dean Court this weekend and hopefully add some more points to the Premier League tally. Thank you very much for watching.